TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Christoph. This is a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives, and I'm here all by myself. This week, Brett and Lawrence can't be here, but I'm joined by the beautiful Diana Minich. Now, many years ago, I had the pleasure of speaking on stage with Diana at the uh, Metagenics, um, you know, I think it was the, the International Symposium, I think is what it was, and we had an amazing opportunity to share time with each other and share content. Since then, Diana's gone on to do amazing things, and she's not only a functional nutritionist, an author, an artist, she's also a yoga practitioner, but she's written a new book, and she's got a new detox program out, and she's speaking soon at the uh, Bioceutical Symposium coming up um, in just a few weeks in April, uh, April 2016. And so I thought it'd be a great thing to welcome Diana back into Australia by doing a podcast with her today on The Wellness Guys. So Diana, welcome back to Australia. Hey, Damien. So good to be here. I really, I don't know what it is, but every time I return to Australia, I just feel like that's my... My lost tribe. I, I just sync up with everybody so, so wonderfully and so easily. So it's so good to be talking with you. Uh, so awesome to have you here. Now, you're speaking with um, David Perlmutter, Alessio Fasano. Everyone's been talking about David and Alessio over the last few um, years, particularly with the gluten thing happening. Um, you're speaking with Andrew Heyman and, right, right. Uh, and uh, Dr. Mark Houston. And it's, a, it's an all-star lineup. And so you're surrounded by these incredible people speaking at the symposium. What are the sorts of things you'll be talking about at the symposium um, in a couple of weeks' time? Well, I'm the, the token nutritional medicine person. So with my background in functional nutrition, I'm going to be talking about the diet conundrum. I'm going to be talking about all the different diets out there, why nutrition has to be personalized, and, and really get into that space a little bit. So to give people an understanding of what the diets are and what are their health benefits, how have they been studied, what's the science, and should people follow them? Nice. That's good. That's been a debate, you know, that's been raging for some time. And, and you know, we've, we've seen, <laughs> yeah. you know, look, you think about it, you think about back to the 70s and people were doing um, the Fit for Life program and then, you know, you went into veganism and vegetarianism and then went through to low fat and then from there went to Atkins. And then we tend to do these swings and roundabouts of extremes. And so at the moment in Australia, we're kind of almost coming out of the paleo extreme um, but the you know the vegan extreme starting to rear its head again. So there's all we I, we find in Australia that we're very black and white. We we're very right or wrong. And when it comes to food and nutrition, so many people are so confused. What's your spin on it at the moment? What are you thinking? Well, I think that there are many paths up the mountain, and I do think that in the 21st century, with the sophistication we now have with genetic testing and knowing much more about epigenetics, knowing a little bit more about ancestral eating and patterns. I think we could merge all of these different doma domains within science and say that we really need to take a personalized path. Nice. You know, there really is, maybe, uh, you know, I look at my own, my own path, right? So me being in the nutrition field for like 20, 25 years now, I think I've tried just about every diet. Mm -hmm. You know, perhaps there are some fringe ones that I haven't tried, but Part of my experience with food and developing my relationship with food really came from having time where I was a vegan, having time when I was only doing raw foods, having this time when I was paleo. And so I, I really have experienced 
And then I did kind of the Ayurvedic type of uh, way of eating, blood type way of eating. You know, there are so many different types, Mediterranean style. I tried fasting. I did ketogenic. I mean, until you actually go through a lot of these, it's almost like there's a culture connected to each one, Isn't it? which is what I really do think that people are looking for these days. I think that they are looking for their, their sense of community. So true. People are looking for a tribe to kind of work work with and walk with. And and, and I 100% agree with you there. I've tried all of those eating programs too. I didn't do the lemon detox diet. Did you do that one? Uh, in various ways, I have done liver detoxes. No, yeah. lemon. Yeah, the lemon. Did you do the lemon oh, one? Oh, the lemon one specifically. Mm. Um, not for an extended time, but I have tried <laughs> tried it. <laughs> what about the grape, what about the grape diet? Rigorous. Did you do the red grape diet? No, I haven't done that one. Oh, see, we do fringe things here in Australia. We don't, you know, if yeah. we're not living life on the edge, we're taking up too much room in Australia. That's what we like to think. So we've, uh, I've tried all of those ones that you've tried too. And what's interesting about it is that I've found that I've had different responses. And I think through learning and through experiencing different things, you know, I did vegetarian and vegan for a little while. Um, I did keto. Um, I've, I've done blood type for many, many years. In fact, I still continue to live loosely by the blood type sort of eating program very primal sort of eating program. I've never been full paleo um, just because I enjoy eating rice and quinoa and so I've never really felt that that would kill me. But I've, um, I've noticed that there's definitely a move towards a greater understanding and, and definitely from a DNA and genetic perspective, there's a lot more investigation into that. Is that kind of where you're heading with, uh, with food and nutrition? You know, kind of. Um, I, I am taking kind of a science approach with keeping in mind the epigenetics and the genetics and nutrigenomics angles, but not getting too tethered to all of that either. I think, nice. you know, at least the, the detox program that I just recently created, but is really based on my work from years and years, is it focuses on color. And I think that that's something that all of the different eating approaches, it doesn't matter if you're on the spectrum of ketogenic, fasting, hardly eating, all the way to, you know, binging and eating everything that's out there. Somehow, somewhere, we're all converging on plants. We're converging on eating whole, colorful foods. And so I think, Damien, uh, where a lot of the medicinal impact is that we haven't really discovered, but it's it's slowly emerging, is this whole terrain of phytonutrients. I think it's really fascinating. I agree with you. I think the phytonutrients uh, thing is big and the acknowledgement that the colors in our food come from phytonutrients. So obviously, people are familiar with you know the carotenes in, in, in carrots and beetroot, for example, but there's so many other different phytonutrients that we should all be I suppose, ingesting. And like you say just there, all the eating programs would benefit from eating more colors. Um, I found that the one thing that every single food or eating program has in common is the inclusion, particularly the healthy ones, is the inclusion of plenty of fruits and vegetables. And, you know, the ones that kind of exclude fruits and vegetables, the ones that generally aren't the ones that are healthful for our body. And so you've got to eat more of the colored things, which is what you're saying. Is that correct? Yeah, it's absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, I think hands down, the science is impeccable when you look at the degree of information and publications that's out there on eating these whole colorful plant foods. You know, you, a lot of the other dietary approaches are kind of, um, you know, it's, it's intermittent, it's sporadic, you know, we don't always see consistent data. But with uh, since the beginning of the time of when we started seeing nutritional science publications, this is something that has been pretty consistent and I would even say increasing. You know, I get these uh, literature alerts on a daily basis and 
most often there is a study that is coming out uh, on a daily basis about fruits and vegetables or some derivation thereof. You know, maybe it's just like one study. Like I just posted on my Facebook page yesterday a study that just came out on plums. Oh, yeah. You know, that, yeah, like that plums are helpful for cardiovascular disease, allergy, you know, so many of these things. It was a great review article. So, you know, I just like looking at the complexity of whole foods and what they have to offer. It's so nice. It's so nice. I remember um, you and I were talking when we got off stage um, many, many years ago. It seems like such a, such a long time ago. But we're talking about um, principles within food um, that we both kind of felt needed more investigation. I talk about the life force in food, this energy principle that exists in living things. So, you know, in, in humans, there's this amazing, magical... Um, energy source that's inside our body that keeps us going and as soon as we die that energy source is gone so it's not like there's a, a switch that's turned off but this particular you know the ability to arrange ourselves and organize ourselves and keep ourselves alive which we call in chiropractic terms innate intelligence um, and is exists in all living things so we talk about that that's also in you know plants and animals as they're alive but as they as they died or removed from the earth and they start to decrease their intelligence the more things get processed the less colors are actually in the food so if we start off with beetroot chips for example or beetroot and then we turn it into a beetroot chip do we get the same benefit from a beetroot versus a beetroot chip no, I mean it's it's different all all along the way, right? So if we're cooking something or if we're eating it raw, we process it in some way, we're changing the you're talking about the innate vitality of that food which totally. which I understand. Yeah. Mm. So and, and people always ask me those things, you know, if I freeze something, if I'm microwaving it, you know, how is that changing the nutritional qualities? And sometimes we're not changing the outright nutrients, but we're changing something else about the food and Damien like you um this whole idea of the energy in food, the energetics of food, and I, I don't mean that in a calorie way. Mm. I mean that in a life force way. I mean, I've actually written books on this, you know, really looking at kind of the the vibration of food. And, and really and truly, this is quantum physics applied to nutrition science. This is looking at foods as capturing light. You know, if you think of a plant, you know, and I have this this whole thing that I call photonic nutrition. So you think of a plant, a plant is outside and it's filled with these chloroplasts. Chloroplasts have chlorophyll in them. And the chlorophyll is capturing the light from the sun and then converting that into energy. We eat the plant or an animal eats the plant and essentially we're breaking apart those bonds. And the way that we're doing that is with our mitochondria, you know, these powerhouses within the cell. And we're breaking apart these colored bonds, you know, cytochromes. These enzymes are actually harnessing the energy of the sun. So it's just amazing if you think about it in terms of the wavelengths of light that we're taking in. And these wavelengths of light correspond to colors. Those colors correspond to those phytonutrients I was talking about. Nice. And even within the whole detox program, I talk about colors and how each of these colors means something and how they do something in our body and uh, in our inner mind. So nice. That's so good. I, I, I think that people will be jumping up and down. They want to get more information about that. Is that the, um, is that the book that you've written on um, chakra foods? Is that the one that you're talking about there? Or are you talking about the supplements and total health wellness makeover? Which one are you talking about there? 
You know, my first book is called Chakra Foods, yeah. but I would say, you know, that was published in 2009. My recent book, Whole Detox, goes through the science of color. So I have seven nice. distinct chapters, and every chapter has a color, mm -hmm. talks about the food, talks about what it means. And, you know, a lot of groups, um, more on the psychology side, have always talked about color and the impact it has on healing, mm -hmm. but not in a very grounded scientific way, I, I have felt. So what I did is I spent this past year doing the research on all the different colors, getting the, the articles, and essentially trying to culminate that into the book and talk about the healing properties, whether it's colored light, a colored plate, maybe a colored food, but it's all about the science and the medicine of color. That's amazing. I remember studying in naturopathy, Diana, we spoke a lot about color therapy and, you know, people would be giving different color cards to assist them with, you know, alteration of vibration uh, within their brain. And I know that sounds, for some people listening to this, a bit kooky, wacky, crazy, but the way in which um, the brain organizes itself and neurology is organized within the body and the brain um, is by... Um, electricity and light coming in through the eyes is filtered you know and different lights get into the eyes and different colors get into the eyes and that creates a different reaction within the brain and within the body so what you're saying here is that eating foods that are rich and vibrant in natural colors that come from phyto phytochemicals so chemicals from the plant um, and then phytonutrients being uh, manufactured by the plant in relation to the sun's energy is hugely beneficial for the human is that right it is. It is. And, and you know, um, it's the whole spectrum of color, too. So people might think, oh, goodness, I'm eating tomatoes and I'm having kale, so I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but really and truly, you've got to get the whole spectrum. And, and that's why everything I do is called full spectrum, because it's, it's not just, you know, one color, but each of these colors. You know, in the 1990s, when I was studying nutrition, I was in grad school. I was doing work on carotenoids, and these are the very colorful pigments that are in plant foods. What we learned was that, um, you know, essentially, the, you know, these act as antioxidants that they help to protect the body. Mm -hmm. And that was one idea that was being circulated in the 1990s. But I think that we've gone beyond looking at these colorful compounds as antioxidants. They're actually, you know, we, in science terms, we would call them cell signaling agents like they actually can get into the cell and functionally do things like change genetic expression or they can even change the the, the transmission of information within the cell through protein messengers i mean they're doing much more than just protecting the cell and and so if we're missing blue let's just take blue purple you know, blue-purple proanthocyanidins, the, the compounds that we find in blueberries. Um, and in fact, the reason why I chose that color is very uh, deliberate. Uh, there, there have been studies showing that people get too few of that color, too few of the foods that are blue-purple. So blue-purple corresponds to the brain. And there are studies that show that these blue-purple compounds that come in from blueberries tend to make their way into certain parts of the brain that are responsible for learning and memory. So you can imagine that if you're falling short on blue-purple compounds, you're not going to be well-equipped with what you need in the brain to signal messages around memory. So I, I, don't, I just think it's an amazing concept if you think about it. The, the idea that color is is driving our physiology, that it has an integral role. So if we miss a color, 
we start to leave out some functions. So, Diana, that's incredible. So, blues and purples can affect uh, memory, uh, which sounds amazing. What other sorts of colors can we get from our foods that might interact uh, and affect our brain and, and our neurology? Well, um, the, the probably one of the other bigger colors is orange. And when I think of orange, I think of turmeric. Turmeric is uh, a spice, which is that yellow-orange color, and it's got... Um, Gosh, it's got function throughout the body. It's an anti-inflammatory. It's antibacterial. Uh, it's uh, an antioxidant. It plays a role in different cellular pathways, including detoxification. So it seems that turmeric, when we take turmeric in through our diet, can have a very protective role for some of the, the neurons uh, in the brain. So, uh, and I've seen that in studies with, um, it was mainly animal studies looking at dementia or cognitive decline and, and showing that turmeric, the compounds within turmeric are very protective for the brain. So I would say, you know, yellow, orange, the blue, purple, we've already covered, yeah. you know, green is also an incredible color for just about, um, all organ systems because green has to do with our vasculature. It opens up our blood vessels wide, and so when we get our circulation going and our oxygenation, then we can think better. So indirectly, we're impacting the brain in, in that way with green foods. That sounds so amazing. Now, I'm not a skeptic by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm thinking about people out there, Diana, and they're going, oh, yeah, well, come on, as if color is going to affect it. It's got to be all of the other chemicals that are inside the food. There'll be people out there going, yeah, but I'm a chemist or I'm, I'm an organic chemist, and, and you guys are talking quantum physics. Quantum physics hasn't been proven, and they'll be saying that it's, it's only chemistry that actually drives this. How do we counter those arguments or how do we actually explain to the chemists out there that thinking you know it's all about the numbers and it's all about the it's all about the chemicals as opposed to the colors how do we explain to them that this actually really does exist because the people are saying well turmeric's good from an anti-inflammatory perspective not because it's yellow but because it's got x y and z in it and they're going to say well blueberries are good for you know everything else because it's got oligomeric proanthocyanidin in it not because it's blue you know they'll be saying those sorts of things how do we counter those people yeah, well, you know, I'm just mentioning the different pigments, and the pigments correlate to chemical compounds. So instead of giving the long names of these compounds, uh, all I'm doing is just kind of shortcutting it and just talking about the, the actual colors that they are. But most chemists are going to know that anyway. They're going to know, you know, when I was in the lab working on carotenoids, I remember I did an, an experiment on lycopene. And everybody knows lycopene as being in red foods, but it's incredibly red um, in composition. So when we had it uh, in concentration in the lab, you know, you can clearly see it's like this dark red. It's so red um, that it's almost brown. <laughs> it's, it's very intense. So all I'm doing is just using a different way to, to look at these compounds, look at these foods. But essentially, we're, we're all saying the same thing. It's just our entry point into discussing it is, is a little bit different. But I can definitely talk chemical names too. You know, I'd love to have a conversation with a chemist about oh, yeah. food. <laughs> totally, right? Absolutely. Well, particularly with the, the chemists that we tend to know about are the dietitians. You know, often they, they get so wound up with, um, with, with numbers and counting calories and counting kilojoules that uh, they forget that food, you know, calories aren't calories, that food actually gives life. And the more colorful a food is without 
food colourings, um, the better it is actually for us. And so, you know, we still see today that there's dietitians and, you know, to some extent, some nutritionists that would actually are classically trained and they'll, they'll still say, go and have one of those coloured rehydration drinks after, uh, after exercise because that's scientifically balanced with electrolytes and it's got the right amount of sugar and it's, you know, the sugar that they're using is high fructose corn syrup and you know, and it's coloured blue, so it's got to be better for you than you know watermelon, for example, which is coloured red. So, you know, those the, those people out there who are stuck in that model are, are really missing this point, aren't they? They're they're a long way away from what we're talking about. Yeah, and I think everybody's on that journey. You know, you you only do the best you can with what you have in the moment. And I do think that there's a part of nutrition that does have to be analytical and science based. But I think we also can't get under the rock and, and be shrouded by that either and, and be squashed by what we know. Um, you know, we have to treat it like we're, we're empowering ourselves and others and, and be a little bit more expansive. You know, I think with me uh, being a scientist and not a dietitian, so I have a, a master's and a PhD and I've studied nutrition for a really long time. What I've noticed in science is science is about pattern recognition. It's about looking for truth. And for me, looking at ancient traditions, you know, what has survived the test of time? What is true? What is a common thread in all of these systems? And that's what I look at as a scientist. And, and for me, that's how we got on this discussion of talking about plants. Because looking at all these different diets, the unifying thread to me is colorful plant foods. And, and similarly, you know, we can look at any feature. You know, I also like to look at detox Detox is also a unifying thread. It gets a lot of criticism. There's a lot of debate around it. But Ayurvedic medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, Korean medicine, you look at Japanese forms of medicine, you look at Aboriginal medicine, you even look at spiritual religious traditions, and they're all consolidating on this idea of detoxification. They might do it in different ways, but the principle, the science, the truth of cleansing is there, just like the truth of colors or these colorful compounds in, in plant foods is there. Yeah, that's, that's so good. I, I love that. That's wonderful. Now, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here, Diana, because what you did mention earlier on is, you know, all of these different programs and different eating programs. And, and you know, there's strengths, pros and cons, you know, for each of the different programs. Um, for example, let's let's just take for example one of the most popular eating programs on the planet right now. Well, not the planet, but the Western world, particularly Australia and the US. Um, paleo. What are the what are the strengths of paleo, and what would you say would be the shortfalls of paleo? You know, I think uh, strengths might depend on the person. Right. So paleo meaning, you know, lean, clean sources of, of protein, not having grains. Um, there is a, a significant amount of plant foods. I think that that's that's a pretty good feature. Um, you know, this idea that and, you know, I, I've listened to the work of Lauren Cordain, you know, the, the father of the paleo diet. It's really interesting because what is considered to be paleo now is quite different than when he presented it some years ago and, and really came up with a lot of the scientific concepts. So it's interesting how, you know, now we've got paleo brownies, paleo granola, and, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, just kind totally. of laughable because yeah. that doesn't fit within within that that whole uh, domain. But, um, yeah, you know, there, there are good and bad, and, and I think that we can take it into a processed commercial realm 
And then it starts to change, you know, right? It, it, we start to get these these derivative products that really are not beneficial for people. It's almost I think like we just every have time we shortcut it, isn't it? It's almost every time we try to make it yeah. take a shortcut on any kind of eating program, um, it, it changes the whole, not the whole thing, but it changes the direction of that particular program. You know, just because it's um, coconut doesn't mean that uh, it's, it's going to be good for you or that it's going to be paleo. For example, coconut ice cream doesn't make it paleo, but it's coconut. Right. You know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. You know, it's coconut plus a lot of sugar and a refined form of coconut. You know, and I think, Damien, that is kind of the, um, it, it's just kind of how we are as human beings, especially in the industrialized countries. It's like if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So if you've got coconut and you think it's good, you're going to start putting, putting coconut in everything and think that it's good for everything. So I think that that is not such a great um staple, at least a nutritional staple to go by because in my research and in my clinical practice, what I have found more than anything else is variety is really key. It's so important to get small amounts of a whole uh, lineup of different foods than it is just to have you know, whopping amounts of one thing that we think is healthy. And I think after a while, what can happen is we become really reactive, we can become sensitive and even intolerant or allergic to something that we've been eating for some time. Oh, we're definitely seeing that a lot, you know, particularly with, um, I've, I've found it with people from an Irish descent who have all of a sudden started eating coconut oil, um, coconut flesh, having coconut water and coconut milk in almost every single one of their meals and they're getting itchy eyelids and eczema and rashes all over their body, you know, and they can't explain it because they've gone dairy-free and gluten-free and all of a sudden they're now having you know, some kind of other food-based reaction. And when I explain to them that it may not be in their genealogy to eat so much coconut, they're a little bit shocked by it because it's supposed to be um, healthy for them. So that's, right. that's a super great point. Now, back to your book, The Whole Detox Book. It's a 21-day personalized program. How does a book personalize a program for a person? How, how do you manage to do that, Diana? I have a questionnaire in the book, and the questionnaire is, is quite long. It's um, If you do it online, it takes probably about 15 minutes, mm -hmm. and it's in seven sections, and so 25 questions per section, so we're looking at 175 questions, and at the end of this, within these seven systems, you can figure out which of your seven areas need the most help. So you do the detox program, but then you emphasize the parts that are mostly imbalanced. So for somebody, it might be in their emotional component. It might be for somebody else, it might be that they just need more physical movement. Somebody else, they might need more self-care and self-love. Uh, I have um, a detox that's that's ongoing right now. And for some of the women, I mean, they know me. They know that I do mind, body, spirit type programs. And I think that that really makes people much more expansive and open to the outcome. And so for some of these women, what they're focusing on is you know, I just want to take care of me. I'm tired of taking care of everybody else. I want to make choices that are really good for me. So I even consider that a detox and that will be captured in the questionnaire. The questionnaire captures um, different areas. So it captures food, it captures lifestyle, the body, and um, just psychology, psychology in general. So it really, it's a big net in order to figure out what's going on and where do you start. It sounds amazing. It sounds like you've almost got your own practitioner inside a book. So I, I like that idea. It's good. So when people yeah. want to uh, look at that, they go to um, whole as in a, a W H O L E and then hyphen. It would be a hyphen. Is it a hyphen? 
detox. It's a hyphen. Yeah. Yeah, uh, whole, dot com. Yeah, whole, whole hyphen detox.com and then click through, have a look at the website and, and you can see what Deanna's been up to with regards to that book and, of course, the whole program. And uh, I'm really excited about actually reading it myself, so I can't wait to uh, to get my hands on a copy of that one and, and go oh, through it. And happy. that'll be wonderful. Yeah. And But um, it really, there's so many amazing glowing testimonials there about the book. You know, you've got people... Um, from all around the world saying how good it is and experts in the field you know of of nutrition and well-being and and holistic health talking about you know how good it actually is so congratulations diana on bringing that together i'm very excited to have you in australia again and um, so excited that i'll be seeing you at the symposium with uh, with bioceuticals coming up in the next couple of weeks so um thank you so much again for joining us diana well goodness thank you damien and i am really excited to see you and uh Hopefully, we'll be able to um, to have some more conversations about uh, about nutrition and, and where health is going. So this has been great. Good good catching up with you. Yeah, it's been great. It's been wonderful. Now, everybody, I'm sure that you got so much out of this particular episode. And, uh, and, and I know that what Diana has to share is absolutely mind-blowing. And so if you go to her websites, check them all out. You could Google search Diana Minich and you'll see scrolls of pages of all the work that she's been up to but go to whole-detox.com to find out about her new book and program now make sure you go to our facebook page as well facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys and tell us what you thought of this episode share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update because everybody does because it's changing so fast and subscribe to us on itunes and while you're there please leave us a five-star rating and give us you know a nice comment it'd be nice to have a nice comment until next week begin creating wellness into your lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guys show this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.